0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans, you're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day, Locked On Mets, is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, the season is over, the Mets lose to the Padres, and we are all left thinking what happened to this team. Um it's frustrating in the first segment today. That's well discussed frustration, just general frustration um, that we don't get to watch any more Mets baseball this year. In the second segment um, I'll dive a little bit into the game, which uh, ultimately I, I do think that we need to credit the Padres for a series very well played. And Joe Musgrove was lights out. Um, we'll close the show though, looking a little bit ahead while still keeping an eye on what this team accomplished and, the fact that they're building towards something special, and maybe next year is the year where it all comes together, start to finish, in a way it just hasn't under the first two years of Steve Cohen's ownership. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at justbaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Uh, this one hurts, <laughs> okay? The New York Mets get shut out. Uh, I believe they finished with one hit. Yep, Pete Alonzo got a knock. That was it. And the Padres advanced on your own field. The Mets, the only team that didn't get to celebrate um, this season when it comes to the playoff teams, the only team that did not get that champagne shower in the locker room because despite winning 101 games, they had a bigger mission, and that was to win the division. It didn't happen. All right, go out and win a wild card series. Here's the problem. Get yourself into a wild-card series against a team like the Padres that was built to make a run in the World Series. Look, would any of us be stunned if the Padres beat the Dodgers and went on a run and won everything this season, won the World Series? No. Although, they certainly have a better puncher's chance when you get them in a three-game series to upset you than in a five-game series or a seven-game series. So we'll see how legit the Padres are throughout the playoffs. But they went out and beat you. And You know, here's the things I don't want to hear today, and I'm sure we're going to hear a bunch of it. This is what Mets fans do. This is what fans do. I I think it's exclusive to Mets, but just because there's more of us than a lot of other fan bases. So, you know, the the minority that is completely irrational is louder at times. And and, and yes, there's pressure in New York, all that stuff. Mets fans are going to get a bad rap with how they react to this. And to a certain extent, I get frustrated with Mets fans too, with the way they might react at times, but you're hurting right now. And I get it because you know what you care and it's important to care about your baseball team. Buck Walter made a great point. I think it was before the game today where he said, look, when they stop asking for your autographs, that's when you have the issue. When they're not critiquing you, that's where there's a problem. It's good to have people that care. That's what it comes down to here. And, you know, as we are going to look back at this season, and I'm honestly still trying to gather my thoughts on what happened because I was expecting this team to give us a deep run in October, and it just feels so premature for the season to be over. I look back at what we just watched in this series, and ultimately I don't come away saying what I know fans will be saying today. This team came up short. They didn't show fight. They didn't show grit that they, they, they whatever cliche you want to use. Look, the Mets did not perform in this series the way you would have liked. The bats did not come through the way you would have wanted, but really it, it comes down to the pitching of Chris Bassett and Max Scherzer to set the tone because these Padres teams were able, or this Padre team. I don't know why I just made them a plural, but the Padres were able to, to get to these guys and deliver the big hits. I mean, Trent Grisham, Just had the most ridiculous series. Sometimes other teams come through, and we have to credit the Padres for having great at bats throughout the series, finding a way. And you know, credit you, Darvish and Joe Musgrove; those two guys pitched gems, and maybe that illuminates an issue for the Mets that ultimately they didn't have enough big game pitching because, for whatever reason, Max Scherzer didn't come through, and beyond Scherzer and Grom, despite how great the rotation was all year, I think you got to this point. And you had real doubts about who else in the rotation could just deliver in these big moments. You never know who's going to. You never know who's not going to. But, I I mean, here we are. We're looking back at this game and this series. And I really just feel like the Padres took it. And I want to acknowledge them instead of just completely ripping the Mets when, to me, the criticism of the Mets should be – held for what they did in September. The fact that they got swept by the Cubs. The fact that they didn't sweep Oakland. You know, DeGrom was great in the playoffs, and I still think they should bring him back. He dropped the ball in his final couple starts in the regular season and cost the Mets potentially getting a buy in this first round. And then all of a sudden, if the Mets had a bye in the first round. They would be geared up, rested to play a Phillies team that just went through the wildcard round that they went 14-5 against this year. And then in that five-game series, you could have started DeGrom twice. So, yeah, it, it's frustrating. And, and I, I guess I'll dive into the game in the next segment here because um, I should discuss it. I should discuss how the season ended and what Joe Musgrove did to the mess tonight. But I come away from this series and I, I, I'm, again, getting back to all of the commentary on this show and everywhere else leading into, you know, the playoffs here. And that was that losing against the Braves and really losing so many games against sub-500 teams prior to that ultimately is the difference, I believe, in this season having a happy ending. I'm not saying the Mets definitely win the World Series. Um, But if they get that by... And they are facing the Phillies on Tuesday. I find it hard to believe that the Mets would not be squaring off against either the Dodgers or the Braves or the Padres, I guess, in the National League Championship Series. So, look, you won 101 games. And I, I'll close out the show today just appreciating the season. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we, we got to dive into what went wrong in this game and you know, to me, it's the disparity in starting pitching, I think, is ultimately the biggest difference here. Um, and Joe Musgrove, which is better tonight. But before we get into that, look, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home, they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24-7 professional monitoring, SimpliSafe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in any emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. SimpliSafe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes by going to Simply Safe.comslash Lockdown MLB to save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. Visit SimplySafe.com slash lockdown to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So when I look at game three of this series, as much as you look at a Mets lineup that went one for 28 with one walk, eight strikeouts, I don't blame the offense. And I know, Ryan, you're crazy. You're ludicrous. Yell at me in the comment section. I don't care. To me, what I just watched from Joe Musgrove was a guy that flat out delivered. And, you know, we've seen him throw a no hitter. We've seen him turn himself into an ace and the Padres are fortunate enough that they have guys like you, Darvish, who's been in Cy Young contention for years. I mean, who knows? And when we look at Darvish's numbers by the end of the career, he might be damn near Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, the guy has had a long career of success. And when he's on, he's great. He was great in this series. Blake Snell, former Cy Young, who was dealing down the stretch of the season and earned a game two start. And then they had Joe Musgrove able to go into game three. Ultimately, having the three horses, I think, proves to be the difference for the Padres in this series. And um, that's not a a massive knock on bass. Like I know it's coming off right now. It's just, uh, you look at the difference here and you know, Musgrove came through and he only needed 86 pitches to get through seven innings and handed off to two dominant relievers and Suarez and hater. And I mean, he was not missing his spots at all. And you want to get to the sticky stuff controversy. Look, if, if major league baseball comes out later, and says that he was using sticky stuff that was banned, by all means, we can get uh, frustrated and mad about it. But right now, they checked him out. They rubbed his ears down. They did the whole thing during the game. And you know what? Anyone knocking Buck Showalter for asking them to check is also ridiculous. Because look, A, it doesn't hurt to to, to do your due diligence there. B, you might have thrown him off. Now, unfortunately, Joe Musgrove is a gamer that lives with a big moment. And he took that as just more fuel to his fire, and he dominated the Mets. But if you were watching Musgrove due to the Padres, what he did to the Mets tonight, you wouldn't say, wow, look at the Padres hitters folding. You would say Joe Musgrove is awesome. So I look at this game, and yeah, it comes down to that. And when you're on the other side of it and you gift him a lead, not really gift because, look, they took it. They got the hits. But Chris Bassett. Was attacking early, getting ground balls, pitching to his defense, and it was working. And the first inning, he gets through it. Second inning, yeah, he gives up a hit to Josh Bell, but then he gets a couple of ground outs, and suddenly he walks two batters. And to me, that's my only criticism the whole game is the walk from Chris Bassett. Seriously, that's it. Because in that second inning, yes, you got Josh Bell on the basis, but uh, come on. I mean, I know he's on second. He's in scoring position. Attack. And... He loses on Kim, and then he ends up, and that was a battle. And then I think he wanted no part of Trent Grisham, which is understandable in the sense that Grisham killed him at this series. So even there, yeah, here I am. Bassett, I see his thought process. I do. I really do. Um, It's crazy. I just turned on myself as I really thought back to the game here. You credit the Padres, man, because you know what? I don't think he he wanted to walk Kim, and you know he he really did battle against him. And Kim drew a walk; it was a good at bat. And then I kind of get pitching around Grisham. So here I was about to say that uh, I blame Bassett for the walks, and I'm going to contradict myself immediately because you know I remember in that moment thinking, well, he's looking at a soft spot in the lineup in Austin Nola says, let me attack that guy um, with runners on, and it makes sense. The problem, Austin Nola. Uh, fouled off three pitches at the fall behind own 2 and put one in play and got a hit. So the fact that Bassett just didn't have the put-away stuff, which is something that I believe I alluded to definitely on Twitter, if not in the series preview, um and I certainly talked about it after the Braves game last week, that proves to be the difference. And, you know, I don't think that he didn't compete, but he didn't have the stuff to push – you know the the envelope and to really t- take the Mets over the top in this game here, and Musgrove did. So you you look at the fourth inning, and again uh, he finds himself in trouble to the bottom half the that were, that continue to give great at bats this series. He, he walked Kim on four pitches. He gives up a hit to Grisham, and um, you know that ultimately scores a run because Kim stole second. So uh, you know th- there you go on on Chris Bassett. Uh, you know look at the final numbers: goes four innings, gives up three runs. They go to the pen. Peterson gives up one and. You know, you're already pretty much down and out. Maybe you go to Edwin Diaz a little bit too late. Um, but regardless, I mean, credit to Padres in that eighth inning. You know, they're going up against Michael Givens, walks the first batter. Again, Kim Grisham gets a hit. Those are your 7 8 guys that just killed the Mets in this series and in this game. And, you know, sack bunt when you get Diaz in puts two runners in scoring position. And, one of the best players in baseball, Juan Soto, gets a hit off of Edwin Diaz. Now you're down 6-0, the ballgame's over. So, Look, it was a frustrating game, but again, my bigger takeaway is the Mets shouldn't have been in that series. They were too good all regular season to not win the division. The Braves were amazing chasing them down. Granted, I, I do credit them for that, but the Mets, when they lost in Atlanta that way, it was deflating to them and maybe all of us who are covering the team piled on and made it worse for the Mets mentally. But regardless, they did it to themselves against the Cubs. Um, You win one of those games and the whole season could be different. And that's why every single game matters. And uh, I think that the takeaway um, overall that I can have about where the Mets are now heading into year three under Steve Cohen is, Baseball is a lot more fun than it was two years ago. This is a growing process. This is taking a franchise that was so misrun um, and dragging them out of what should have been a long rebuild to get to contention. And you had two seasons where uh, maybe the Mets were a little bit of fool's gold, but they were able to control the division in first place for a long time each year. And the part that I come back to and the solace that I take tonight and that we're going to close the show on today is I remember watching the 1986 Mets documentary this year. Um, I believe that came out this year. I don't know. My years blend together at a certain point with, with the Mets. But um, I think it was this year. Regardless, maybe it was last year. Either way, what you remember from that ESPN doc on the 1986 Mets, um, Once Upon a Time in Queens is that it was a trilogy. There was 84, there was 85, and there was 86. Maybe for the Mets under Steve Cohen, there's 2021, 2022, and 2023. I think the best thing you can um, realize as a fan right now is this guy is committed to winning. And so we don't know what the offseason looks like, and that's the beauty of... Having an owner with this team now that will be so committed because anything is possible, and I'll certainly be talking about all of it over the next couple months because Locked On Mets never has an offseason. I'm always pumping out content for you guys. So we'll be getting through all of that, and I think there's still reason to say, you know what? The New York Mets next year can be even better than they were this year, and this year they were a 101-win team that came up a bit short in the end um, last year. They won first place in the first half, which means absolutely nothing, and they fell apart in the second half. So it's been a steady progression. And maybe next year is the year where they finally get over that hump. But I will discuss that more in just a minute. First, though, a quick word from our sponsors. Well, the season's over, and it is agonizing. Of course, anytime your team gets eliminated, but particularly a team that we know um, and had the potential to make a run. And, and I still believe that a couple things break different. Let's just say the Mets start Jacob Degrom game one, and you got that win earlier in this series. Uh, maybe everything's different. You know, may, maybe the Mets are able to carry that momentum and and they win in two, like so many other teams did um, in this wild card round. Maybe. Uh, you know, if Joe Musgrove had been off, (laughs) things could have been different, but ultimately a three game series is a crapshoot and we saw it play out and now the Mets are eliminated. But I I still think that you're looking towards the future and we've seen a lot of people out there who are saying, what are the Mets going to look like? The Grom's a free agent, Bassett's a free agent, Diaz's a free agent, Nimmo's a free agent. Um, you can go down the line even further. Uh, you know who, who's going to come back from that bullpen next year. Uh, you know what are the Mets going to do with Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco? I mean, uh, even Trevor Williams is a free agent. Right? You, you really go down the line. Yes, this team could have an overhaul of their roster that is significant. But I, I still believe in what Steve Cohen has been building, and the fact is, he has the money to continue to shell out and retain his own players, get new players. I promise you the Mets are going to be good next year no matter what. And I couldn't have said that in years past. I don't see the Mets having some massive fall off where next season they are behind the Braves and the Phillies. I just don't see it because Steve Cohen is so committed to making this team a winner that You know, whether it is bringing DeGrom back, whether it is going with a completely different plan, the Mets have now an entire offseason, not an abbreviated one, where they had to hire a manager and a GM and do everything on the fly. And they did all of that and still improved to the lengths that they did where they went from being a 77-win team to a 101-win team. They still did that, okay? You know, you you look at – the 2020 season, the last year of the Wilpons, it was a horrible fake year since the game season, but the Mets had a 433 winning percentage. You go to 2021, there was signs of the Mets being good. It was fool's gold. Uh, they come up massively empty in the second half of that season. They were a disappointing team. But now, you had a 101-win ball club, and next year, Max Scherzer are still going to be in the rotation. Jacob deGrom could be back. Uh, you have Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil, three guys that I believe can continue to be perennial all-stars on this roster. Who knows? Maybe they have Lindor, uh, McNeil, and Alonzo sign. Maybe McNeil and Alonzo get contracts after this year. Uh, you got Starlin Marte still around. You got Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, the young kids, at least one of them will be a really big impact player this year. And honestly, I bet on Beatty and Alvarez for sure to be that for the Mets next season. So there's still a lot of reasons for optimism, especially knowing that this team will be extraordinarily active. And again, I look back at the trilogy that was the mid-1980s Mets and built differently, not built homegrown the way that team was, but still there is enough talent around to build with here. That the Mets can augment their roster, find the pieces that work, find the pieces that need to be replaced, and come back a better ball club next year. And to still acknowledge what this team did, how many times did you drive to work on a Monday happy because the New York Mets won a weekend series? How many times did you get to go to sleep at night and see the Mets in first place knowing that this was a good ball club? The season they just gave us should not be thrown away. The effort that they put in, man, every single guy in that clubhouse, every single person in the analytics department, the coaching staff, I mean, this is a team that came together and did something that this franchise has only done was four times in their history to win 100 games. I'm not going to call them frauds right now. I'm not going to say they collapsed. I'm not going to say that they're chokers, okay? They came up short in September. That's not a collapse. It proved to be devastating to their World Series aspirations. And you know what? You'll learn from it going into next year that, yeah, the Braves are going to continue to be a great team. And so you have to raise your level that much more to be better than them over a full season. And I still believe that next year we can see that. But unfortunately, we have to close out the books on the 2022 Mets. And it was the best ride um, that I've been on as a fan since 2015. And I don't take that lightly for one minute. And as someone who has been producing daily content on the New York Mets since 2019, why don't you, you check how many episodes I've missed over the years, including when there was a pandemic? Uh, I'll tell you, I've maybe taken a dozen days off, if that. So I'm watching every second of Mets baseball. I'm digesting every piece of news. Um, you know, I'm pun intended locked on the New York Mets as much as you can be. This was the best season that I've had on this show. And Um, the growth that this show has gone through over the last four years has been humbling. The fact that there's so many of you that have subscribed on YouTube that have been following the podcast since the beginning that, that appreciate the content that I'm putting up for you guys and that tune in and make me a part of your daily routine. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank the locked on podcast network enough for giving me this platform. And, um, you know, as much as it hurts at times like this, and I used to always joke That, uh, you know, I I was mad at my dad for making me a Mets fan. Like I'm sure so many of you have joked with your fathers. Um, I'm glad he made me care about something so much um, that a a passion could turn into a career path. And, um, you know, I just can't wait to keep on covering this team moving forward. You know, like I said, you guys might go away for a little bit. I know that uh, listening in October when your team is out maybe isn't a priority, but I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks recapping this season, um, looking ahead to the off season and, and really trying to see where this team goes next, because I still think the future is very bright, but for the 2022 Mets, that is all. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan, follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. And after your second listen, why don't you check out Locked On Padres and Javi having fun, whatever.